Hello guys, welcome along to the show. This is a football-flavoured one. We're going to have a real vantage point of a long and distinguished career. The man alongside me hails from near. I went to university actually in Corn, which was a non-league club when he played for them. Still going strong there, but he's uh, gone on to bigger and better things. I know you wouldn't say that because you, uh, you, you really keep that club close to your heart and still involved now. Uh, but Luke Varney, who turns 37 this week, is, it, yeah, is yeah. that right? And you're, you're, uh, you're coming off a goal at the weekend away at Plymouth. How you doing, mate? You uh, you well? Yeah, I'm all good. Um, still recovering from the weekend. It takes me a, a few more days now, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really enjoying my time still. Uh, the lads make, keep me feeling young, which is the, the important <laughs> thing. And uh, like I say, um, long may it continue. I, th- I think uh, people keep talking about my age, but I, I feel great. I still feel feel yeah. like I can get out there and, and help the lads on and off the pitch. So it's uh, it's definitely something I want to continue doing. Yeah, it's interesting when people talk about that ageing curve because what you have is you say it takes you longer to recover the physical side of it but mentally you've got the savvy, the know-how, know when to move, particularly as a striker, when to make the run, etc. Do you feel it's coming together in the last few years? Is that how it, it works, the body and the mind and trying to find that peak peak yeah, balance? I think it obviously coincides with me dropping down the leagues as well. It's, yeah. um, I can tell that there's obviously a bit more space for me and... Uh, Obviously, in the championship and the, the the Premier League, the the amount of quality involved and what you have to actually do to score a goal is is, is immense. But in this league, obviously, there's a few more uh, mistakes, and mm. I've fed off a few of those and some some great some great balls in. I must admit, last year I look at some of the assists; they, they were fantastic. Um, the gaff has really helped me and sort of telling me to to run in opposite directions to the ball, which is a bit unnatural, <laughs> unnatural for me. But yeah. it's uh, it's really started to work, and um, I'm delighted with the goal return since I've been at Cheltenham. So yeah, I'm trying to think. Look at your CV. I think it's your twelfth club. You started Corn, went to Crew. What you've played at every what the four levels you played in each division, and then what, how many non-league? Because you know Michael Duff, the manager, he's got the, the honour of being the only man to play the eight divisions in ascending order. He says, Where, "What have you got in your, your tally? Do you yeah, think you well, work it out?" I, I think when I signed for Crew, it was a nine-league jump from uh, Corn, so I played for another couple of teams in the in the non-league. We burst United and El Shilton, the great grounding really. When I when I think back to them times, I was a small lad playing against men and. Uh, yeah. It really helped me come on and definitely my time at Corn again it well I remember asking, I think I was on thirty pounds a week at the time and <laughs> scored quite a lot of goals and I asked the manager if I could double my money Did off. you get it in a brown envelope? Yeah, it was yeah. actually on a, on a Saturday, so it got spent quite quickly in the pub. So. Well, that was a problem, because yeah. I, I played the road at Bolvin Town, I, and I only before I went to uni, you get tenner, and I'd get it in a brown envelope, yeah. and you straight away go to go out. So. Yeah, no taxi, so it was fantastic. <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell you that on, no. on Rego. Um, We'd probably owe about, yeah. probably owe about 13p. <laughs> so. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, I asked him, for, uh, can I, do you mind if you double my money up to 60? And he said, no, we can't do that. And then six months later, I signed for corner uh, for crew, and they got fifty grand. So, it, yeah. yeah. So what, league, what league were crew in? The league one were they level? Uh, crew were in the league one. Yeah, trying to get in the championship. To be honest, and yeah. then they they did go up. So I played in the championship with crew as well. So that was fantastic. So what was yeah? What what was the scouting system like then from crew to find you then? How how did that work it was, out? It was crackers. To be fair, I think um, I was playing away at Biddulph, Victoria. I don't don't even know if they're in the league anymore in Stoke, and the the coach Neil Baker was watching his son play and. I had half a decent game. Um, didn't really hear anything probably till two weeks after that. And then I, I played a game at home against Stapen and scored five. I think it was on Boxing Day. So yeah, that was a good return. And then I actually got told that they were coming to watch me. It was at Barwell and I had a, an absolute stink on that. I thought that was, it, that was it then. Because I knew they were there, I obviously was so nervous and didn't play my game at all. Didn't play to my strengths. And 
I thought that was it, but apparently Stuart told me that Stuart Turner, the chairman that Quorn had asked if I could go on trial, but Stu, bless him, stuck, stuck by his guns and said, listen, there'll be no trials if you want him. You'll have to take him, and they put a bid in, so I was, I was delighted. It was Fantastic. a quick turnaround, yeah. And what was that step up like when you experienced it? Yeah, it was massive. I must admit, like I said, I went there, I was quite a small lad. Um, so you got 21? Yeah, I was 20, I was, yeah, yeah. just about to turn 21, and I think I've gone into the gym and a load of big lads I've tried to do an upright row and literally fell forwards <laughs> over the bar and everyone's laughing at me. I'll just go back to crew if I'm being honest. So that's the physical, the physical conditioning yeah, was a big thing, yeah. It was a big thing for me, definitely, to, to get in that shape. Although I was quite quick, I was so slight and the difference, obviously I'm playing with lads like Dean Ashton and Rob Hulse, the size of them. I wow. just thought I've got miles to go here. But yeah, I did a, a quite a lot of strength work initially and I think I put my shoulder out as well in the first three months. So yeah. again, that helped me to, although it was a, a bad injury, it really helped me to develop. And I did a lot of uppers and leg strength and came back the season after and, and really started making progress there. It's funny you mentioned Dean Ashton, isn't it? Because he obviously had his career curtailed mm. early by injury. Do you think about that? Do you feel fortunate oh. or do you feel it's been putting that working? Because obviously you're, you're in really good nick now, seeing yeah. you a short T-shirt and you've got your, your guns out and stuff. Yeah, well, I feel, I, feel I, I speak to Dean, I'm still, every now and again, I went to the... Um, Neil Baker had a testimonial last year at Crew, so I went back to see him all and, and Dino played in the game and he said he lasted about 45 <laughs> minutes and it, it's, you just take it for granted how lucky yeah. we are to be able to, to play, to play the game. Was it a broken, broken leg or a knee? He was broken leg, wasn't he? For yeah. Dino? Yeah. yeah, just he had no ankle problems ankle, he had, obviously. Yeah. I think Sean Mark Phillips, the smallest lad on the pitch, ran into him at England training and just from then, I think he was never pain-free after that, apparently. Yeah. So it's just it's such a shame because... He was the next Sheringham, oh, wasn't he? You were talking about unbelievable. Yeah. Some of the, the goals I've seen him score in, in training and in games, and he was. And when he went on to obviously Norwich and West Ham, the goal in the FA Cup, yeah. the FA kick against yeah. Man United, he was someone I. He was younger than me, but I looked up to him so much and um, clever as well, wasn't he? Oh, he could pick a pass. I just loved playing with him, and, and again with Rob Horse as well. Those sort of target men, yeah. which, like I said, I was slight, but I did. I, I enjoyed looking how they brought people into the game. So. Yeah, they were, they were great characters for me to be involved with. And how long were you at Crew before um, Charlton came calling? Which is interesting because you always associate people with where you first see them. And yeah, I was working at BBC London as a, a young reporter at the time and you were coming through at Charlton under people like Alan Kerbishley and it was an exciting time, wasn't yeah. it, to be at the, the Valley? It was. I think um, the year me and Nicky Maynard, I think we both scored about 25. Obviously, at Crew, we used to run into the office and look at the scouting sheet to see who was there, to see who was watching. Really? And yeah, it was that sort of... Because it's a feeder club, obviously. We always knew that players would be leaving there and, and the club were willing to sell at the right price so yeah. Um, I think I'd scored quite a lot up to March and then I bleeding broke my toe in a game against oh, Brighton man. I think and I thought 10 weeks he said but I literally managed to get back the last couple of games just to show I was fit um, the season finished and literally within 2-3 days I had a call um, saying that Charlton were interested and I think I'd, I'd... They were Premier League, yeah. Yeah, they were. They just got relegated, so they were going into uh, the Championship. Okay, yeah. But I'd, I'd virtually agreed to have riddles, but to be honest, I'd met Gareth Southgate, he'd been to my house, and uh, yeah. that was all looking... Well, he actually said to me, we've got to sell Viduka first. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm coming from crew, a little <laughs> To old replace Viduka. Yeah, and I'm thinking... So, but um, yeah, I spoke to Alan Pardew and met him at a hotel, and he spoke about what they'd like to do with me, and it, it just it was it was so overwhelming. Yeah. To someone with that much detail about how many crosses he'd get in, and it just sounded so perfect, and yeah, and then we, we got it sorted, and it's just 
a massive eye-opener to go from somewhere that result, it's not result-dependent, you know. Um, football was fantastic at crew, but yeah. to go into that sort of, into London, like you say, and into that yeah. situation from a team that's just been relegated from the Premier League was a massive eye-opener. And I must admit, I, I struggled initially. Was it a difficult time to go in because they'd been relegated, though? Was there a hangover? I think so. Obviously, we kept quite a lot of quality players with uh, obviously Darren Bent left um, the, the main players that wanted to stay in Premier League you've got to understand that but we kept players like Andy Reid and mm. to, to play with players like that that were so demanding like I say got quality left for yeah, from, leaving, from leaving crew where your demands are basically on yourself you know to, to do it um, to, to go in there where you've got players that expect a lot from you and like I say I, I struggled initially but um, I, I enjoyed my time there, but unfortunately, I weren't there as long as I'd like to have been. Yeah, and what was what was next then? Because you, you went, was it was Sheffield went Derby? Yeah, there? Yeah, were they just relegated as well? They or they? Yeah, was that while they were in the Premier League? Because yeah, they had that horrible year in the Premier League, didn't they? Down as well. So yeah. it was. Um, I always went to teams with obviously good budgets, but it, it was a bit of a hangover, you know. Obviously, yeah. from relegation, it's it's not a nice not nice environment. And uh, but I remember sitting there. I've been in London eighteen months with my wife and. I think Alan had just been sacked at Charlton yeah. and the chief exec said, listen, we, we are, we'll have to pay Alan off quite a lot of money and we've had a, a bidding from Derby, which the club are, are interested in. So I'll be honest with you, I wanted to stay at Charlton because I felt like I'd not achieved what I, what I, what I wanted because my time at crew, I wanted to sort of develop. And, yeah. But uh, I told my wife about the Derby move. She she uh, did a bit of geography and realised it's a bit <laughs> closer to home. Is she, from, she from the same yeah, area in East yeah, Midlands? Yeah, the, the same area, so... Yeah, it was just one of those, and uh, yeah, I was. Eventually, we agreed, and I went and seen Paul Jewell and got it sorted. So, what was it? What was the time at Derby County? Paul Jewell was kind of coming manager at the time, wasn't he? Yeah, he, I think the... he lasted two weeks. So yeah. that, that went <laughs> <either. laughs> Wow. Yeah. So, he, but that's difficult because yeah. that's the thing you've got to deal with. You've potentially played at twelve clubs, but even when you're at a club, it's just change all the time. Yeah, is that is that one of the life lessons from from football? You just have to learn to adapt with what with what's in front of you. Yeah, I think when I look at my career. I've, I've had two years at most clubs, you know, and it's I've never you see these players that have full credit from that stay at clubs and gain massive relationships with fans. It's it's been that it's been hard in that sense. I've yeah. not been able to do that, but on the other hand, I've managed to play every part of the country basically and met so many great people. So, yeah. um, my time at Derby going back, it was yeah, it was obviously for the manager to leave so quickly because they were in a, a difficult situation after being relegated. Um, he wanted me to come in, obviously score some goals and sort of get get things rolling again. A bit of a young player, yeah. and I was really excited about the challenge being at home, especially. So, so you were living at home? Were you? Yeah, I went back yeah. home then. It was it was fantastic. You know, it was always my aim to to be at home and play play for a club. I always promised my wife I'd do that. Um, yeah. So yeah, well, that's difficult. Was, we don't think about with footballers, isn't it? Is that aspect of it? And managers, you think about all the time, is when they have to move around the country, particularly if the tenure is going to be yeah. you know, two or three months. Like you yeah. say, you can't move the, the family. But is that something that's been more difficult the last ten years with having a? If you've got family at home, yeah, with you? yeah, yeah, two young girls, yeah, six and seven. So that's the madass, as you can imagine. Um, yeah, <laughs> the night away you can get. Yeah, well, she 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 actually says to me now, you can stay away a couple of nights. I'm buzzing, so I take every opportunity. So. <laughs> But I must admit, the time, the probably the hardest one was when I left Blackpool, and I promised. I said, "Listen, this year I had, I had a good year, obviously in the Premier League. Yeah, I had a few clubs after me. And I said to her, listen, 100%. I'll get back home now. We'll, we'll get settled, and we can go from there." And I ended up going to Portsmouth, so I went from one end of the wow. earth to the other. So you, you can't, you can't sort of plan out. It's going to happen, obviously. No. The clubs come in for you, and. You had meetings and it just like I say, it seemed right at Portsmouth. So. That's almost a life lesson, isn't it? You have to take the door that's open, just roll with yeah, it. I exactly. guess is the, the thing. As forwards, obviously, clubs always want forwards, and 
and, and for me the opportunity to go there and and even all the opportunities even going to, to Blackpool from Derby and yeah, I wasn't playing at Derby then Ian Holloway wanted me to play in the Premier League you know so I'd, I'd even spoke to Neil Warnock that, that week as well at QPR so it was, it was so difficult because QPR were going really well in the Championship yeah. or do I go and have that one year in the Premier League with, with QPR's Neil? a big club yeah, in his, historical terms yeah. and obviously I'd worked with Neil at Leeds so it was yeah, yeah it was, but forget you've been at Leeds as well yeah. I mean, what was that like because that again must have had a slight feeling of hangover because you're what four or five years out from when they were a Champions oh, League yeah. team and they had that financial kind of implosion. Yeah, I think the fans. I wish they'd have seen that because that we they still felt like we were a Champions League team, you know. And yeah, the, the, the demand off the fans, which is good. Obviously, they they're, they're desperate for us to do well, but they needed to sort of understand where we were and where we were at. But I had a great again two years working under Neil, um, and then obviously Brian McDermott come in and things didn't quite work out, but. Uh, Hands yeah. down, the best club I ever played for. It was, really, um, passion, unbelievable. Just I remember getting off a, a coach in Norway pre-season game. <laughs> Two thousand fans waiting for us wow. in Norway. So, so that goes back to the seventies. Yeah, and, yeah. It was incredible. And uh, even con- countrywide, wherever I go, any service station, it'll always be a Leeds fan that asked me for a photo or say hello. And and even though my time wasn't brilliant there, I still enjoyed my time and still put my lot in. So um, yeah, I was quite thankful for that. It's amazing, isn't it? And it's interesting with fans because they've obviously paid for your career. They pay for my career because they pay the Sky Sports subscriptions. But sometimes you think it's a bad, it's a hard life for those guys, isn't it? Because they take it so hard. You think it's difficult for them to have perspective because then they wouldn't be fans. They wouldn't go the length of the country. But when you watch clubs when they go through a difficult period, the fans like the Sunderland Till I Die documentary. They're, they're almost in depression for for years on end. Well, it's it's good now that we can see these sort of documentaries. You know, we can yeah. we can look inside the dressing rooms, look inside the offices, and. Even times when deals get turned down, that they're pinning the hopes on that one player. It must be so frustrating yeah. for fans. But I must admit, as I've got older and you get, gain a bit more experience, you sort of lean on the fan side a bit. You know, you yeah. understand it's it's their life, it's their livelihood. They live for the weekend, and and I've felt the other side of it when I'm not get been, affected yeah, by it, don't they? Yeah. And when I've not been playing. You turn into a fan, and it, it, I'm trying to. Who, who, who did you? Who are you a fan for? Like, uh, whoever I'm playing for, I'm always. I've been a Leicester fan for a long yeah. time, yeah. But uh, obviously, whoever, whoever I'm playing for, I'm uh, effing and jeffing at the fan. <laughs> Do uh, you? There are fans that I'm playing at my team when I'm watching, so. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just the case, I'm afraid. Well, John Finnegan, former Cheltenham player, obviously, he played at, started at Forest, played at Lincoln. He's not, not got as many clubs as you, but he says he always looks out for the results. Do you yeah. do that with your old yeah, clubs? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Every, every single team we've had, um, still got fond feelings for all the teams. I've not, I don't regret any of my time. Even at Blackburn, um, I was backing just Jordan Mode and Rudy Gested up, which you scored 25 year on year. I was getting 10 minutes at a time, but still, I love my time there. And, and Gary Bowie was brilliant for me, gave me a gave me a bit of responsibility within the squad we had a lot of meetings and I'll back them up like I say it's, if you ask players that don't play they tend to say they didn't enjoy their time there but I still yeah. apart from the playing time it was still a good time for me so uh, you went through all that when you look at the divisions you played in the Premier League say Blackpool you've been all the way up and down what's the difference between the style of football and maybe the type of player, what can you? Because I know that Will Boyle, we saw him downstairs actually, he's in charge of your fines. He was trying to give you some stick, but um, he he said that you're an inspiration here in terms of your attitude and your enthusiasm. He said to me previously, what what do you make of the difference, and what can you give players at this level who are young players about maybe trying to get up? What's the what do they need to learn to to make that jump? Yeah, I think it's been important to me. Quite a lot of them asked me, I must admit, my, my attitude's always been very similar no matter what league I was in no matter what team I was playing for it's a bit quite cliche but it's about work work rate I used to 
I'll never forget it. The times I was stood in that tunnel against Man City away, Arsenal away, Man United away. I used to mm. look at the players and just think, I'm just playing a game of football against 11 yeah. players. It's, it's hard to do that, I understand, because they're such big players. So just normalise it. Yeah, yeah, we, see, yeah. we see them every week on Match of the Day, but it, we had such a... Such, such, we had an empty game plan with uh, Ian Holloway. Just said, go outside, go out and express yourself. Yeah. Fantastic. Get some epic games, didn't you? Yeah. We used to get in on a Monday having been beat 4-0 somewhere and <laughs> Ian would talk about how many chickens got killed by foxes <laughs> at the weekend. On well, his weren't farm, you playing Man United at the end of the 2012 season? Was it when they lost the league to Aguero? Was that that time? Yeah, yeah. that was uh, fantastic. I must admit, we... That was a great game, but the game we went down, obviously, at Old Trafford. We took the lead twice, Charlie yeah. Adams scored a couple of goals, and I can remember looking back at the bench asking Ian what's going on, and he's just throwing his arms, I don't know, is he? So it was, uh, it was just a He's an infectious character, isn't he? Yeah. We didn't, we didn't used to, I think back to people asking all the time, in December, we didn't train once at our training ground because it was, there was no sort of grounds, and then we were in port cabins, that there was no really? water. So Ian's literally marking out an 18-yard pitch on the beach. There was, there was dog mess everywhere. And, oh, man. But then we went away and won at Sunderland, went away and won at Stoke. It was it was an epic year and, uh, yeah, one of my definite highlights, must admit. So what, what keeps you still playing now with the, the desire, desire and the drive? Is it just the fact you love it? Is that the joy that's, you think, been the, the thread throughout? Yeah, I think probably two, something when I left Burton, um, I, I, I witnessed what it's like to be without the game. I, th- I speak to a lot of people that finish now. I spoke to Michael Brown and yeah. he said, you're a long time finished. And, you know, when you're playing, you don't really understand that. I, th- I think to myself, oh, it's all right. I've, I've played football. I can go and do something else. Yeah. But when it's all you know and what you love, it's, it's so difficult for me to... I used to wake up every morning thinking, I've got to go for a run now. I've got to do this. I've got to keep fit yeah, just yeah. in case. Do you think you'll always keep fit? Do you think that's a lesson? Because you, you, it keeps your, your mind ticking over as well, isn't it? Yeah. Physically in good condition. Definitely. I think um, in that... I didn't obviously sign in until October, so you think I'd from May till October, so it's, it's a massive amount yeah, of time being yeah. on your own. Um, I did a few 10k runs, I went to Wales, did a few um, bike races. And did you go back to Corn at all and play? Yeah, train? yeah, I live in Corn now, yeah. so I'm back there now, I live in the village, I trained with them a couple of times, um, got kicked in the air a few times, I don't mind telling you as well. So. <laughs> they? and it's, they've changed the pitch now, it's all 4G, so it's got well, to be That's for careful. young lads, must be a target, someone who's played in the yeah, Premier League exactly. and you're playing that level, yeah. Got to be careful with my joints on that 4G though, so. Uh, no, but I always go back there. I'm still really tight with the chairman and uh, really pleased that my children will grow up there now and we can be a part of the club going yeah. forward. How do, you, how do you manage your body now? What are the key things you do? Because people, I'm 38 now and you sort of think things are a little bit different, but I've got into saunas a little bit as well. It seems yeah. to be good for the joints. Yeah, I, mu- I must admit, the, the gaff has been brilliant. He, he manages me and I probably shouldn't say it out loud, but he, he offers me quite a lot of days off. Um, yeah. But I don't, I don't tend to take them. I think my, my wife understands that I'm trying to squeeze as much out of, the, out of my career as I can. And yeah. I think it's, it's probably better for me to be and keep myself moving instead of having those sort of days off. Even on my days off at home, I've, I've got a watt bike now in the garage that I use quite constantly. Um, like it's low impact. Yeah, so you don't, exactly. do you do a lot of running or do you no, think no, you avoid not that? Yeah. I'm, not when I'm not at work. Um, no. I tend to stay off as much running as I can. Just your knees after. Yeah. And like I said, two young girls that are doing backflips around me. And, home, so, and we've got a dog as well. So Go to the trampoline park. Have you got a trampoline park near you? Yeah, yeah, they're good yeah, ones, that's normally yeah. me. They're normally jumping up. <laughs> me, so. Yeah. Oh, brilliant, man. So um, what would you make of this, this situation at Cheltenham and the, the momentum behind the club? Up to third. I think it's, what, fourth or fifth smallest budget in the league. But what, and what about working with Michael Duff? Do you, do you feel a kindred spirit with him? Because he's had that history of, of working through the leagues as well and, and knowing what it's like on all sides of football, I guess. Yeah, I think when I, when I spoke to him initially about, like I say, I was out of football, he said um, we spoke about coming down and maybe playing in a game. 
and I was a bit like, I don't need to go on bleeding trial, you know. Yeah. I think what way I've played, where I've been, but he didn't know what he wanted to know what your hunger no, was. No, exactly. Yeah. I, which I which I understood when I got to speak to him. You know, that's you, you tend to think that oh, I've played for these, I'll get this move, but it's, it's not the case. I see a lot of lads now that. I probably should have gone and trained somewhere, but I didn't feel like I should have to do that, which yeah. I soon got over myself and realised that, listen, at the end of the day, it's hard because managers were telling me they wanted me. As soon as it got to chairman level, they look at your age and all like, listen, it's, it's too much of a risk. So I understood that completely. Yeah. But these are all short-term contracts anyway, yeah, right? so there's not course, much yeah. risk in... in league too. I couldn't believe some of the things that were going on. There were six months deals being offered and... Well, yeah, how much sympathy have you got for the guys at this level? Because you mentioned about trying to get up to the top level, but, you know, they're trying to, as you say, you might have a home somewhere with family and then there's such short contracts. Yeah. And then fans say they're not committed, but you think, how can they be? Because they're, uh, they're, they're on such exactly. uncertain terms. Think, especially in this league, they, they can't, they're not, they're not making a lot of money, especially no. if the lads that are travelling, they're, they're doing it because they love the game and I've really loved being involved in especially in this league and in this in this club like you say that the budget it reflects on who's here with the lads are so hungry and since I've been it's been a slow slow burn I must admit and we're making progress all the time uh, Michael's first eight or nine games yeah were, um, well, he said he, he had a culture shock for him as yeah, well he said because, as a manager because he worked in an academy where it's all about pass and move exactly. and it's, it's hard to implement that yeah and, and the gaffer's done uh, fantastic to turn that round I think we came on a formation in a checker trade game against Arsenal and we, we absolutely pumped him I must admit and I just remember looking at the game thinking wow and, and then we came in and since we've not looked back I must admit we've uh, our away form's not been great the back end of last season but we've, yeah. we've picked up two away wins now so and it, it, the defeats were close as well does yeah. that still build belief sometimes even though it's d- d- disappointing in it, like Crawley away when you have that result yeah, but I presume sure. that you, you know that you've played quite well well that's still a, a bit of taste in the mouth for the lads the Crawley one I must admit and even the late Norian one obviously we, we had a couple of red cards that yeah. day my fault for one of them but um, <laughs> we, we definitely feel like we should have more points which is is amazing reflection on the lads you know to, last year we were you think we had about 8 points after 10 games so it's nice now not to be looking back and I think you can tell now there's a hunger and a desire not to let this go this start you know I, I remember speaking yeah. to a lad at Exeter Till, Jordan Tilson he came in last year yeah. and he said Exeter do it every year they demand a good start because their momentum can take you through you see it quite often that not very often teams that are at the top sort of drift out so mm. it's important that we ride the wave shall we say and keep keep working for each other and uh, pulling each other out of the mess because we've done that so well the last few games I must admit Yes, brilliant. It's the attitude that Michael Duff talks about, and he learned that from Sean Dyche. It's funny when I was with him, he was getting calls in the summer from Sean Dyche and you know giving him instruction. It's all about he says controlling the ego. So you have got to have confidence in yourself, but but not think you're above the team. Has that been something that you've learned throughout your career as well? That that's an important factor. Yeah, and, and even more so, like you say, off the gaffer, um, we train at Burnley every now and again when we go up north, and I spoke to, to Sean as well, and he and, and he was. You can just see the gaffers, he, he gets his ideas, obviously he's his own man, but he does take those bits about the honesty and even the signs in the Burnley training ground about integrity and work. And yeah. Because that's, at the end of the day, if you're doing those bits right, your, your quality will come through like it did against Plymouth on Saturday. Yeah. We had to hold on really fight for the clean sheet uh, and at Salford and two bits of quality from Broomey away at Salford. And obviously he's I a good player, isn't he, Broomey? Yeah, he's, 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 he's done fantastic. And I, I remember saying to him in the, the summer that... Um, he, what what your plans for position wise he says he doesn't really care as long as he can stick on one he doesn't want to keep because mm. he's that mobile uh, he can do any of the jobs he, he yeah. can play right wing back he can play in, in the hole and he can, he's played even holding midfield 
But obviously, Longy's been fantastic. He's come he, in. Has he got potential to go to the leagues? Do you think? If, yeah, if, with or without I think, John, I think so. I must admit, he um, he had a great run up to Christmas last year. Yeah, and I remember talking. Someone from Burton actually called me and asked me about him, and I I said, listen, he's he's been fantastic for us, and he's definitely got a chance of going higher. He's just this level of consistency now. If he, if he keeps going the way we're going, we might have to find someone to replace him in January. But look, we're all helping him out, and he's uh, yeah delighted with his goal return. It's been he's he deserved it. I must admit because he, he works his socks up. He tops the running stats every week, and it's no coincidence that he's he's scoring the goals now as well. So it's that talent and the, and the ethic as well that sort of propels people to the, the top level. What what will you take out of football when you go? Will you think you're is it giving you character traits that when you go to the next phase because you're still going to be the crazy thing is when you're old in football terms you're still young in in real yeah, life terms exactly. you've got a whole life ahead of you. Do you think you'll take bits from it about character development or or something else? Yeah, for sure. I think um, I look back now the, the the young lads are now so integrated with the first team squad when I first started playing they weren't allowed anywhere near the first team you know it was yeah literally just to clean the boots and we're sat, like we're sat in the yeah, youth, exactly. youth lads office and at the moment aren't we yeah it's, it's better than ours like <laughs> I said you go into our dressing room it's disgusting so uh, it just shows you the difference now but um, I think that's important to be instilled into the young lads that humility and just to understand the environment in that they could end up doing the best job in the world yeah. you know it's they need to understand that and grasp that because to get released, at, I got released at 14 at Leicester and it broke my heart telling people I was playing Arsenal one week and then going to play non-league yeah. teams. It was, it's the most difficult. Do, do, do you worry that your journey's not po- as possible now? Because people of, of your era, like Jamie Vardy, have done that and going back, Ian Wright, Stuart Pearce came through late. Do you think, is that avenue still open for people? I, I must admit, you, you can't not worry. Um, people talk about the foreign influx, but yeah. how can it not affect... But also the academy system yeah, seems exactly. to be... Yeah, exactly. How can yeah. it not... I even, in Cornell, Leicester ladies play it. They yeah. play it at Cornell, that's their pitch. They rent that pitch out. And I spoke to the manager there, and he said they're even importing women now into to play in that. Really? League. And it's 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 scary that. But you're you're making decisions on people at seven and eight yeah, years old exactly. for their whole life, aren't you? Which you must know that people develop different different stages. Yeah. Well, like I said I got released apparently. You know that old cliche about being too small. That was yeah. what we used to get said. So. Yeah, wow. And now so, you're winning headers in yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So <laughs> I used to uh, every time I went back to Leicester. I always made sure I jumped above the centre half. So it was, um, <laughs> no, but it was it was heartbreaking for me at that time. I think. Obviously, with young lads need to understand now it's such a short career, and they need yeah. to really look. You look now, the lads getting into first teams at 16, 17, so they, they can make so much progress so early if they want to, and it's, it's got to be grasped. I must admit. What do you, what's next for you then, Luke? What do you, what do you plan ahead? Do you think you'd stay involved in football or coaching? Is that an I, option? I don't know about the coaching side, I, I must admit. I don't, I get, I do what I'm told. I've never been that keen on understanding <laughs> Telling other people, yeah, I've never been that keen on understanding it, but. Um, I'd love to stay involved in some 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 capacity. Yeah. Um, but fitness coach. Yeah. Well, I spoke to Chris Navel. He was England's fitness coach for years. He was at Blackburn, and when I told him what I was going to do, he said it'd be such a shame for me to drop out of football because um, I'd like to think I'm a good character around the club. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to stay in. I started doing my um, PT when I had that time off. Yeah. But then once I started back playing again, it's, it's took that much out of me now. I might have been able to do both. You know, well, like I did a level two and... gym instructor yeah. thing, but it's a lot of um, session plans oh, and stuff, exactly. isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I, I would like to do that. And like I said, when I had to sign for Cheltenham, it was hard for me to do both. I, I probably could have done that 10 years ago because I was probably... I'm putting everything I've got it's now. Kid, yeah. It's kids as well, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. It's a massive... I mean, it's a wonderful thing, but as soon as you have a kid, it's a different... Yeah, your private time life is different. I want to pick them up. I want to spend them hours with them before they go back. Yeah, you know, energy. I don't want to be doing coursework and stuff. And uh, 
yeah, I'm, I, people keep asking me what I'm going to do. I, I don't. I, know, I, I don't finished. mean to make you feel no, anxious. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't feel like I'm finished yet. It's. Um, yeah. I don't. I'm going to think about it, but I'm trying not to. I'm trying to enjoy every minute and uh, put everything I've got into the club and and let's see where we can go. Well, it feels like psychology you've developed through the game and the ability to change will take you on in that next step. You'll just keep positive and, and like I say, keep working your body when you're when you finish yeah, so that exactly. you can be you can keep that positive mindset because that seems to be the key when you speak to players. It's just is that sort of how you replace that adrenaline. Well, you look, the competitive edge within a football club is, is scary. We had some five yeah. sides today. Um, I've been snapped in half about three times. <laughs> but so, that's, a, that's a dynamic yeah. though, isn't it? Because yeah. you're, you're teammates, but you're yeah, also competing exactly. for spots. Well, we, play, we have a lot of forfeits involved. Um, obviously, we have a spinning wheel, so we've got to be careful because there's, there's all sorts on there. You have to come in dressed as a lady. You have to, you know, <laughs> really? Yeah, you'll believe it. I've had it a couple of times. So, um, <laughs> I've been in my wife's wardrobe a few times the last few weeks. <laughs> So uh, yeah, it's the the environment is something that is missed. Everyone took off. You you look at the, the best Premier League players, they always say they miss the dressing room. Yeah, you can't replicate that in in, in other walks. Well, I miss from it. playing amateur football yeah, and playing and, and playing at university. I miss that. Even coming in here and seeing you guys having a bit of banter and a laugh, you do miss that that yeah, kind of exactly. you know camaraderie. You know, kind of uh, that connection. Yeah, it's it's hard to replace, but. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to try and drag as many years out as I can. Um, I feel good still, and and like I say, let's let's see where we go because I'm enjoying it at the moment. Can you handle the commute from from Cheltenham to? Yeah. It's not about an hour and a half for you, is it? Yeah, I think I meet toes on the way down as well. Um, and the club this season, obviously, they understood that I'll probably be better staying down. So they they put us up in a house. There's three of us that stay together. So I stay down three nights a week. Sports uh, science suggests that's probably why, oh, yeah, because even your hamstrings driving can exactly. be stressful. I've done it for years. I obviously drove up and down to Leeds, did it to Blackburn for a bit, and yeah, you, I can't. Obviously, when you're a bit younger, you might get away with it. But yeah, I, if I if I ended up with a hamstring strain now and I drove a bit, it, it'd be in, in my head that I weren't doing the right things, you know. So you've got to, you've got to. You, there's no point working as hard as you can on the pitch if you're not working yeah. the same off the pitch, you know. So it, it comes hand in hand. So. I'm delighted. I feel like I've got both in order at the moment. So, well, mate, I know you got a day off and I got a shoot, but it was it M M five M forty two M one A forty six. We go because the subway on the way back. So, right. <laughs> get on the way up. Get coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good man, Luke. Fine. Appreciate Cheers, it. Thank you. Thanks, Brilliant. Man.